0: This podcast is being recorded on the lands of the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation. We pay our respects to their elders past and present and acknowledge their ongoing connection to land, waters, and culture. Colonization and genocide are ongoing processes that are still happening today. Sovereignty was never ceded, and this always was, and always will be, Aboriginal land. That's right. Welcome back, everybody, to Ozpol's Snack Pod. The podcast is kind of like baked beans. Uh, it makes you fart? No, we had another joke. Oh, um,
1: it's favoured by...
0: Oh, <laughs> go on. Yeah, favoured by uni students and uh, leftists around Australia. That's right. It's the <laughs> podcast where two of Australia's foremost political nobodies bring you bite-sized chunks of Australian politics and news with a side of crispy memes. And uh, there, there is just two political nobodies here today it's me and joe welcome joe
1: hello i'm so happy to be here returning champion
0: return guest people's champion and you've actually been in nearly every episode because we have your howl update sting. and every time it we get to that when we're recording i'm like thanks joe nice oh
1: i'm painting a house at the moment and uh yeah, we listen to, we usually do that on a Sunday and we listen to the snack pod and I get to hear me nice. howling when I'm painting. It's pretty, pretty yeah. gorge.
0: Um, Would you like to remind the listeners about who you are, what you do?
1: Yeah. Okay. So I'm a political nobody as well. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I am one of the co-hosts of Chronically Fully Sick, um, which is a podcast with my friend Chloe Sargent. Uh, we're both chronically fully sick babes, uh, and we like to talk about, you know, let's face it, like Pete Evans. Um... Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh... Yeah, you do
0: a bit of that, like, alt health, like, scam wellness stuff, but we yeah. also have a bunch of, like, other things in the show. It's always, like... an good grab bag of like
1: look 90s um clips of 90s songs that no one under the age of 35 will know yeah um and we run a chronic illness support group on facebook um called chronically fully sick as well um i've been a musician for most of my life on a bit of a break at the moment but you know isn't everyone um Mm -hmm. (laughs) but yeah I mean just google my name you'll likely find some hilarious results from the Herald Sun or something like that but um,
0: absolutely yeah
1: yeah I'll leave that up to the listeners to choose their own adventure really
0: Alright, so before we get into the news, I just wanted to shout out our patrons. Uh, You can support the show financially at patreon.com forward slash OzPolSnackPod. And for a dollar a month, you get a bonus episode each month, and you get access to our Discord and some other cool stuff. And thank you so much to both Ange and Summer for signing up. So, shout outs. Thanks. So, we have Joe on the show this week because Zach is away having fun. And so, we wanted to pre-record so that he could edit it, and then I can just post it this weekend. So... Me and Joe sat down, uh, you know, earlier this week to chat about some stuff that's been going on. So why don't we get into the news, Joe? Excellent. Can I offer you one of these, sir? No, no, take it away at once.
1: So, no. The listeners may notice that you have a woman on the show this week. We do have a woman on the show. So, as most listeners will know, it was International Women's Day this week. Hooray. Yay. Congratulations women. Thank you.
0: International women.
1: Thank you. Um, So that was earlier in the week. And now, as we all know, it's a day for all of us women where we can forget about the alleged rapists marauding around the hallowed halls of this nation's parliament, the not unconnected plague of domestic violence that still grips the nation, the pay gap, which has been more affected due to COVID's lean on unpaid labor and the so-called feminized and essential workforce comprising of nurses, childcare workers, aged care workers and the like the state-sanctioned trauma and torture inflicted upon Indigenous women and refugees, and the greatest day of the year for cupcake makers Australia-wide. That's right, Noon. <laughs> <laughs> it's another year of white women breathing on each other through $200 blow waves and toasting themselves with mimosas poured by underpaid hospitality workers. Yes, queens. Get it. Get it. All jokes aside, though, we're still doing it. Um, so. My attention was actually called this week to um, some tweets by Nina Funnel, um, and that's at Nina Funnel, F-U-N-N-E-L-L on Twitter, um, who I think was the campaign manager for Let Her Speak, which, mm-hmm. if you recall, um, propelled Race Tame to the national platform. Totally, yeah. Um, and she happened to bring up... The campaign that just recently came out featuring um, Grace uh, and Mm -hmm. also Brittany Higgins, um, which was a big nationwide PR push um, about, you know, the headline is Women Leaders Join In Call for Meaningful Change in Halting Violence and Discrimination. So the picture for this is a group of, you know, women looking upset. Fair enough. But I will note that, again, it's a group of white women. Um, So Nina Funnel on Twitter righteously pointed out um, with a picture of Tracy Spice's much maligned campaign uh, featuring a group of mostly white women on Uh the cover uh of um, Latte magazine, which is for business chicks, I think that collected their magazine
0: this photo does look like business oriented there's a lot of like power shoulders
1: yeah blazers chicks looking serious yeah um so she's compared the two covers and said when are we uh sorry it honestly feels like we're back here again when are we going to learn that there's nothing inclusive about a group of predominantly white girl boss power bitches dressed in power suits claiming feminism as their own exclusive club now she's yep. got a point. Um and like previous to this earlier in the week we did see an article um by Sisonki Munsamung in the Guardian um which did speak about Grace Tame. Um and did bring up a lot of questions I think people are asking themselves. Um, wondering how to talk about her with the admiration she deserves while asking questions about why she in particular has become the face Mm. of modern Australian feminism when there are so many other women, black women in particular, with so much to say and with so many difficult and heart-wrenching stories of their own. Mm. So she points to um, Grace Tame's anger and all the pieces, particularly by, you know, people like PVO, if you recall that, Noon. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yep. About women's anger and this kind of, like, respectability politics that's gone on. Mm -hmm. Um, And she kind of imagines the response um, if a black woman had have done that um, and wonders if that would be greeted with the same kind of public solidarity or sympathy. Um, And she says, and yet black women have been expressing anger for years as they address racist police and education systems as they try to create opportunities for themselves. And face the double burden of sexism and racism. So, you know, I think that's important to keep in mind when we look at these kind of things. The picture used for this um, campaign that Grace Tame and Brittany Higgins um, are heading is a press-up with all white women except for Yasmin Poole. it calls for systematic reform in how women are treated. The group is calling for the prevention of sexual harassment and bullying towards women and wants all 55 recommendations in the Respect at Work report implemented, which, if you recall, were largely ignored. Um, yeah,
0: absolutely. Uh, like Those are all completely reasonable things to be pushing for and campaigning for.
1: Absolutely. Um,
0: but lot- as you say, it's in this quite quite a privileged segment of women are allowed to talk about those sorts of difficulties or, like, abuse.
1: Yeah, yeah. And to be fair, like, what they're asking for does um, put to the front, uh, you know, it does feature Indigenous women um, and a trans woman and stuff. But, you know, when you're asked to participate in a photo op and no shade to Grace Tame in particular, I think you've got to kind of look around you and go, you know, it's it's not so much about diversity like I hate that word it's about is this actually like representative and it's not (laughs) a picture like this is not yeah
0: (laughs) I saw a good cartoon in the age I think was this week sometime um from Kathy Wilcox um and it was two women cleaning up after the um International Women's Day brunch And mm. one of them saying And I told my daughter if you work hard enough One day you'll get invited to the Women's Day breakfast Yeah, um, And I think Yeah like I don't know It's it's difficult with these things when, Especially as a man um, Like not wanting to Shit on women Making reasonable demands For change and systemic justice And all of these things But then also like Yeah, noticing when it's being done um, in different ways and who it's excluding, as you say, Joe.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's been really co-opted into this capitalist context, um, you know, and made into a business opportunity for women to Mm, network, mm. whereas, like, you know, International Women's Day – started as a unionist and socialist working totally. women's movement yeah, um, with garment yeah. workers and stuff. But on that yeah. note, happy Labor Day for tomorrow, everyone. Happy Labor Day. Mm. Yeah, that's right.
0: Do we have to wear white before or after? I can't remember how that works.
1: but I think after, but I know you're okay. a rule break at noon. So... That's true. Yeah, I know. I'll you're look big... it up
0: and do the opposite. All right.
1: I know you bust out your white linen suit after Labor yep. Day.
0: I should get a white linen suit. I feel like I could rock that. But I, yeah. we've
1: all seen the the pictures of you in the in the press <laughs> in your wonderful outfits. So yeah, yeah, I encourage it.
0: Thanks. Mm.
1: Anyway, cool. that's me.
0: <laughs> Thanks for International Women's Day, Joe.
1: Um,
0: yeah, that was all you. So
1: that's okay, babe.
0: Cool. So now we're going to move on to our First Nations story, which is about um water rights and water allocations, um, because for the first time, traditional owners in Victoria have been given a water allocation from the Murray-Darling as part of a water-saving scheme. Mm. And water politics is super fucking complicated, and I'm an inner-city latte-sipper, so I... I'm confident I will get at least something wrong. So water makes please,
1: those la- water makes the lattes. That's no true. So grows the coffee beans. <laughs> I, I should
0: learn about it if I you know I really cared. But yeah. Um. But basically, the Victorian state government has a project called Connections, um, which basically involved fixing up a bunch of irrigation channels to prevent water waste, mm-hmm. and they saved 429 gigalitres of water this year because of the connections program and expect a similar amount to be saved each year
1: that's a lot which is
0: cool again don't really know much about water but 420 gigaliters sounds like a lot Hmm. um and then again yeah the way that this is distributed is a bit complicated but it seems that basically half of it goes to the environment i.e like the government puts that water in the river and then doesn't take it out again so the river continues to exist or powers their
1: Uh, fountains in their private homes
0: as the case may be yeah that's (laughs) right and then half of the remainder so about a quarter goes to farmers and then about a quarter goes to melbourne water retailers so like whoever you pay your water bills to i guess um and so all of this savings means that less water gets bought back for the environment at a federal level and that means that farmers can buy more water to irrigate whatever it it's complicated, but basically they saved a bunch of water and they split it three ways between the environment, farmers, and retailers. Mm-hmm. So after all of that, there are two gigaliters remaining. So that's two out of 429. Mm. Um, and I don't understand why these two gigaliters aren't split up with the rest of it, but this is like surplus, I guess? And so they kind of split up this remaining tiny little fraction between the Victorian environmental water holder, which I guess is the part of the government that buys water for the river, but not entirely sure. And then the Melbourne retailers got a bit of it as well. Mm. Um, And so there were a few other groups that split it, but those were the two big ones. And then those two groups, the VEWH and the Melbourne retailers agreed to instead give their water to the traditional owners in northern Victoria, and mm. I believe it's specifically to the Murray Lower Darling Rivers Indigenous Nations, which is a peak body for First Nations group in that area of the Lower Darling.
1: Yeah. M-L-D-R-I-N. Muldron. Muldron. It kind of looks, I, I saw it written down in this document, Uh, and it kind of looks like one of those, like pivot, one of those... Bands that, uh, I mean, it's gonna iron it, but like leave yeah, out the yeah, vowels, yeah. you know what I mean? Muldron, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's a bit, could be know? like
0: mouldering or something, but mm. anyway, yeah, or like a cauldron, but a moldron. anyway. Oh, nice. Um, so, and there was this good article in The Guardian, which I'll put in the show notes, um, but it had some quotes from traditional owners that I wanted to read. So, the chair of Muldron, uh, narrowing Jerry Man Grant Rigney, described the move as, quote. An encouraging but long overdue initial step towards water justice for First Nations in the Murray-Darling Basin. Mm. Bruce Lindsay, a senior lawyer for en- Environmental Justice Australia, says while the announcement is an important signal in water justice, it's a very small allocation in the scheme of things. Mm. So again, this is uh, roughly one and a half gigalitres of the surplus left over after they'd given away 429 gigalitres. Mm. Um Brendan Kennedy, a tady taddy traditional owner who's also the deputy chair of Muldron, said, the crimes of colonization are not historical. Our water is being stolen off us every moment of every day. We're river people. We're water people, he says. Taking our water away from us depletes us. We can't survive without it. Um, and then, again, from that uh, lawyer at EJA, the current water management system that we have was fundamentally designed around the invisibility of Aboriginal people.
1: Well, because it's and- it's... it's- probably sustainable, correct?
0: <laughs> right, exactly. I mean, you, you can't uh, rip gigalitres out of the river to water invasive cotton fields exactly, if you're going to yeah. be respecting Indigenous sovereignty. Mm. Um, and so on that note, we do not believe in both sides' journalism here at Ospol SnackPod, but we do believe in roasting people with bad takes. It was the best of takes. It was the blurst of takes. You stupid monkey. <laughs> All right. So, blast take this week goes to Andrew Lee, absolute dog, and oh, chair of the Victorian Farmers Federation no, Water Council.
1: That's not fair. Calling him like we like dogs on this. We on do this like podcast. dogs. I've been
0: watching Tom Taneky talk about you know conspiracy theorists, and I picked it up from him. Oh, right. Absolute terrible jerk bag. And chair of the Victorian
1: pigs pigs anus.
0: <laughs> Total pigs anus. <laughs> chair of the VFF's Water Council. Who said? The VFF argues strongly that irrigators must receive their share of this additional uh, additional water and said there weren't well-proven returns on investment in Indigenous water management. Oh, okay. And it's like, Mm. quite aside from shut the fuck up, the irrigators got 50% of this 429 gigalitre savings. It's so
1: tiny, this amount.
0: They got 50%. The amount going to First Nations groups is like, 0.5% 0.5% and they weren't even allocated it. It's not mm. like this is systemic justice or anything. It's not like the government like woke up with a conscience and was like, oh, we'll yeah, return we'll... water to f- traditional owners. Mm. It was like these two groups who voluntarily gave up their allocation to donate it.
1: Yeah, so it's charity and not like a, um, a government policy that's decided this.
0: Exactly. Yeah, okay. Um, one of the things was a government organisation of some sort, so mm. like in that sense, there was a part of the government who voluntarily did it, but it wasn't like budgeted for or anything. It wasn't yeah, a policy, as sure. you say. It just was a decision. And um, Brendan Kennedy, again, who is the uh, tuddy taddy uh, man who's the deputy chair of Mulgen, he said that even though this is the first time this is happening and it's historic and it's good, et cetera. Mm, mm. Uh, we got one point three six gigalitres, which will only water one wetland in northern Victoria. However, there are many traditional owner groups who have several wetlands in the area. So, like,
1: how much it's of the good. how much of the land spans all of this water, and then how much of the percentage of it are they? Oh boy! Exactly. Yeah. yeah.
0: So it's cool. It's a step forward. It's uh, a, a small and historic step towards. Water rights and water sovereignty in Victoria. Maybe a tiptoe. But a tiptoe, mm. yeah, yeah, wetting their
1: toes, so, so to speak. Totally. Mm.
0: Okay. Now, next up, we have shit post of, of the week.
1: Oh boy, oh boy. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's it's truly a shit post. It's a shit post and a shit post, which it's nice when it's both.
1: Mm. Who posted this one? I can't remember.
0: Um, well, I asked you to come up with a meme, um, and you sent this through, but it was posted in the Ospol shitposting group by Liam Prince. Oh. So, Liam, thank you, and also, what the hell?
1: I know, I know. Yeah. So, we see a lot of this happening on Twitter. Um, to. Anthony Green cops it a bit, actually. He does, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, people. The
0: first for the Anthony Green. And the AEC, <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: So this is um, directed at the Australian Electoral Commission um, from an account called Val's Political Alts.
0: Which every time I see that, I I think Van's Political Alts oh. in my mind because she had so many, and so like, I mean, if only she was using her alts to post stuff like this. But anyway, sorry to interrupt. We'd you. get some
1: quality out of Twitter for sure. It's. I mean, I mean, the in world would opinion. be a better place. <laughs> Um, so basically we're looking at a picture here of Sonic erotica, which is one of my favorite Mm -hmm. places of the internet, Mm -hmm. Sonic the Hedgehog erotica. Um, and this is a picture of a pregnant Sonic the Hedgehog being tenderly nursed by, um, you know, Mario, um, It's it's a beautiful scene, really. Uh, it's it quite, is quite. It, it's lovely. quite well rendered, yeah. I have to say. It is.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Maru's look of like happy. You know.
1: He's proud.
0: He's yeah delighted. Yeah.
1: yeah. And it says um, at Australian Electoral Commission, when you post your ballot, can you put other items in an envelope? Say, for example, posting a printed image like this inside. Then our picture. And then the AEC says, that's an unusual one. If your vote is clearly marked in accordance with the voting instructions, we'll count it. Uh Uh-huh. We love that. Um, Yep. Their replies to this kind of stuff, and the reason I picked this is because I really quite like the person that runs this account, because they're Mm -hmm. very measured uh, in their tone, totally. to all sorts of ridiculousness. Like, yeah. if we look to their at, at their um, replies to, you know, all sorts of other stupid,
0: all sorts of other. Just st- scrolling now, an hour ago they dropped a principal Skinner gif. I, I mean, know. how's that for a, a public institution? We
1: love it. We love to see it. Um, Uh, one of the replies are, ah, yes, my tweet is completely devoid of subtext argument. We're working directly with social media companies to combat misinformation, as well as calling out incorrect and dangerous information like your Uh posts. But, yeah, they've kind of got, like, you know, nonchalant kind of... I don't know. Look, I'm going to say it. They've got game, whoever does this.
0: They do. They, you know, I think it's because everyone hates brands on social media. You know, True. you get those like big American food, fast food chains like in these like Wendy's 30 comment replies to each other that it's clearly like two guys in the same room on oh, every single one of them. But
1: I will say and- this, like there's a um moon pie. I don't know what that is. I think it's some sort sure. of um
0: Again, I know that from The Simpsons.
1: I don't know. American chocolate dessert thing. Yeah, Whoever yeah. runs that is quite good. I will I will take the moon pie, but I will not abide Wendy's fighting Wendy's with no. whoever else about who's Taco got the- Bell or whatever. Exactly, Ugh. but
0: AEC, you know, regardless of your feelings about the election, I feel like no one wants it to be corrupt and badly run. No, and so you know they have it's the good version of brand posting. That's my that's my theory.
1: Mm. Mm.
0: That's why people like it.
1: Mm. Yeah. So shout out to whoever does that. I'm a fan. Yeah.
0: I think we can get more disturbing, while still not traumatic, images to send in our postal votes. That's my. I feel is like this, a, you
1: know this is a good start. Is that a challenge, uh, Noon?
0: Garfield erotica, also <laughs> uh, you know, well trod, but fertile part of the
1: internet. Is um, uh, what I'm going to say to you, Noon. Yeah. Are you challenging the listeners to harass? Yeah,
0: listeners. <laughs> harass is a strong no. I believe that would be criminal for okay, me to incite okay. people to harass the AEC. I want them to politely and respectfully send them artworks that they think will brighten their day and also take a photo of it and send it to us. Maybe, at snack maybe you
1: could imagine the person that runs the account and do a beautiful picture of them. You know?
0: That does sound nice. Yeah, yeah
1: it would be really cute. Great. Right. Maybe them...
0: There you go. There's the challenge. Maybe S- them... Snackpot election challenge.
1: Locked in a passionate embrace with either Mario or Sonic. You know, we've got Some to know... Some kind of animated
0: video game character.
1: We've got yeah. to know how... Um, how What's the red guy's name? Fox? We've got to know how he was uh, made. There
0: is a fox. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, you mean Knuckles? Knuckles! From
1: Sonic? Yes.
0: Knuckles. Yeah, yeah, yes. yeah. yeah.
1: That's what I meant.
0: All right. Thanks Go for off. the ship, post, Joe. Mm. Next up, we have Fascist Australia. Australia. And Joe, you are an expert in chronic illness and
1: unfortunately, yes,
0: disability bullshit.
1: Well, um, yeah, look, I've got a chronic illness which makes it hard to work sometimes. I've I've fallen asleep in many broom closets using uh-huh. a mop as my pillow whilst trying to work full-time. What can I say?
0: So I thought I could just like, you know, International Women's Day fully mansplain a bunch of that kind of content to you for this next news story. Oh, so. I'm
1: delighted to hear it.
0: Um, this is about busy beans which is a cute name for something that turned out to be pretty shitty. Um, so the the Disability Royal Commission has been going on for some time, mm. and last week they heard f- about an employment training provider no! for people with disabilities. <laughs> oh, I know. Any kind of employment training, it's just like, there's no way this is good. It's the somehow one of the most evil sectors in uh, the country. Those, is,
1: like three words send me back into my early 20s into (laughs) like literally and uh, like
0: Morland road
1: (laughs) "Ah!" no i'm from brisbane so it was Fortitude Fortitude valley i think Mm. uh and then i want to just crawl under the bed in a fetal position but please continue
0: so the provider's called aim big and the program was called (sighs) busy bean so according to their website sorry can i just stop you
1: again (laughs)
0: <laughs> please. Who does
1: the marketing for this shit?
0: Busy beans?
1: Aim big. Are these Are these? Aim big. Are these words that are joined together? If I have an English degree, but I forget what that's called.
0: They're when they're like smooshed together. They're not yeah, separate yeah, yeah. words. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's yeah. called aim big. Uh, yeah.
1: Aim big and busy beans. Yeah. Oh, busy God. beans.
0: Also, busy beans, one word. Yeah, yeah, totally. Oh, yeah. God. If you thought I'll- of
1: this, please... Please go out. No, 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 no. Don't go out. (laughs) Don't get in touch. Go out to a paddock somewhere with a shotgun and put us uh, us out of our misery, please.
0: (laughs) On that note, I've also just taken the space out of the title baked beans. So it's, yeah, it's baked beans now.
1: Yeah. Mm -hmm.
0: All right. Our Busy Beans program assists job seekers to build the skills and capacity to become job ready in a supportive, practical environment. The program gives people living with disability the knowledge and specialized skills to become quality baristas. What
1: makes you think that people with disability can't become quality baristas anyway? Like, what the fuck?
0: (laughs) Yeah. And I, I have been a barista. I worked as a barista for like 10 years before I had my midlife crisis at age 25. Um, oh, I had like... mine
1: at 14, honey.
0: <laughs> <laughs> wow, way to one up. me! No, But um. so anyway, I have, I'm passionate about teaching people to make coffee. I love making coffee. I love coffee machines. And this place did not do anything like that and basically didn't train people. They had one home espresso machine, which I've been literally trying to teach my friend to make coffee on his home espresso machine. And I make garbage coffee on it because mm. it's a, not... An industrial machine. Oh, blame, you can make fine blame coffee the on it. Machine,
1: blame the machine. I do, I do. <laughs> um,
0: and like it, it's a completely different thing. Like the you can make good coffee on a home machine, but it's a very different process and skill set yeah. to doing it on an industrial one. So you're, so you're like
1: the home coffee machine is the house cat. The industrial machine is a lion. Let's say, if we were to draw some parallels here, it's like
0: you know being a, a Oh, I'm going to get roasted by Zach Leo <laughs> for this. But it's like being a truck driver, but you've only been given like a, a, like a push bike. To, a bike Or like an electric scooter. Mm. A unicycle, exactly, mm. yeah. So they had that and one liter of long life milk, which oh. I also find very upsetting because you can't frock that shit. Right, anyway. So the person who was giving evidence to the commission, she was... Uh, she is a woman with a disability who was put into an aim big program and they were like oh you're good we'll get you to teach our busy beans program so they were mm. employing her from their own employment training program mm. to run their own employment training program they would have got paid at each point of this right because yeah. they get paid oh, for yeah. the outcomes so yeah. yeah um and she said that uh, she was not given any kind of curriculum, no training, just this sh- shitty machine and four people at a time to train to make quality coffee in a uh. specialized skills in a practical uh. environment. She complained to her manager about not having the right things. She was first given a Coles petrol voucher, told to go and buy what she needed. Um and then when she was like I can't buy a coffee machine with this, they were like, "Okay, we'll take an advance on, or you, you buy it yourself." Then, so she what? took an advance payment from her Centrelink money to do so. So she then had to pay back her Centrelink like loan to pay for a machine that she bought for this Sorry, training facility. Sorry, is that
1: like I haven't been on Centrelink for a little while, but um, that's five hundred dollars, yeah.
0: Something like that. I don't know exactly how it works, but, like, I don't know, maybe she had some savings and she got one advance and paid for some, I don't know. But she took out an advance to get equipment for the That's horrendous. Horrifying. Mm. Um, Yeah, and so according to the ABC, there were 167 people who were trained by Busy Beans. Would you like to guess how many of them are currently working, not just in coffee-related industry, but are employed?
1: In other industries...
0: At all, currently employed, 167. How many of them are now working?
1: Okay, I'm going to give them... I'm going to estimate with yep. what I think of the government in mind here, uh-huh. and I'm going to say yeah. six.
0: Way too generous. It's a big fat zero. Oh,
1: what? No, none of them. <laughs> However,
0: <laughs> AimBig received more than a million dollars to pay for that. So they they got...
1: Sorry, uh, I'm shrieking. It's nine...
0: terrible. <laughs> no, it's fine. Aim Big received nearly $900,000 in outcome payments okay. for the federal government mm-hmm. and a grant of more than $300,000 from the NDIS, the National Disability Insurance uh, Scheme. Neoliberal
1: nonsense, as usual, yes.
0: Yeah. So I was originally going to do two stories here, uh, but they, the NDIS, it's a natural run onto the next story. That's the Busy Beans shit done. It's fucked. Employment training... Fucked.
1: It's, Every it's, time government
0: th- provides services for people mm. with disabilities, they manage to do it in the most evil way.
1: And it's like, uh, it, it, that's... And corrupt. The, the employment part of that is so prioritised in this really sick way. Yeah. Um, it, it just says to, you know, people with disability that unless you can work, you're useless to us. Uh-huh, um, totally. And that's what, you know, these services say constantly like you know you have to jump Mm -hmm. through these hoops all the time and the hoops are made of flaming bone burning fire but Uh, then
0: also like the mm. charade that these programs in any way help the participants like um there was some quote that this woman who was running this training program gave Mm. i didn't write it down um but it was something along the lines of it left me a broken person oh my and God. my life in pieces or something because she was just like feeling awful about trying to get these give these people skills and like not being able to do it and then anyway yeah she
1: would think that it was a personal failure on her behalf right, i would exactly. imagine and it's yeah the system has set you up to fail it's 100%, horrendous yeah.
0: so busy beans no longer exists but there was some gross statement from the company that was somehow very bland, but was also like, don't worry, we're trying to get it running again.
1: Oh, oh, good. I'm so glad. <laughs> oh,
0: good. Yeah, yeah, That's yeah. what I was worried about. Yeah,
1: I was so worried about Busy Beans.
0: All right. So I want to transition to this other part of the story about the NDIA. So um, the NDIA, the National Disability Agency, runs the NDIS, mm. National Disability Insurance Scheme,
1: mm. and
0: they are cutting life-changing amounts of money from NDIS recipients. Yeah,
1: look, we've seen this. Like, um, as I mentioned earlier, we run a group on Facebook called Chronically um, mm-hmm. Fully Sick, like the podcast um, that we do. Uh, and I can just – I've seen a lot of posts lately from people that have had big chunks out of their yeah. NDIS cut. And when the pro- – I haven't been on it myself, um, mm-hmm. but when the program works – Um, and when it provides enough funding, that can be so life-changing for people. Life-changing, yeah. Yeah. And I hate to use the word empowering because I think it's gross, but, you know, it's... No, it
0: absolutely is. I mean, I'm on NDIS, and I have, like, a relatively small package compared to a lot of other people because my needs are relatively limited compared to a lot of other people who Mm. are on NDIS. Mm. And it's been, yeah, life-changing, possibly life-saving like Amazing. um and it's incredible and i'm like terrified because my review's coming up in a couple months and i'm like oh well what if i just like lose that support that has been maintaining my existence for Ooh, the last couple of years are you
1: preparing your big file the size of uh remember the yellow pages yep. yeah i fucking am yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah um
0: and you know there's all sorts of different stories about this but one thing Mm. that again i don't think i wrote this down but um one of the people who i'm going to talk about in a sec said that they spent a lot of the money that they got on their plan paying professionals to write evidence saying that they need the money in the plan yeah
1: yeah that's really common
0: there there are endless heartbreaking stories about Mm. this um but I'm just going to give a couple of examples. Um, Mm. The NDIA told a woman that they'd no longer be funding anything related to her spinal cord injury that's been affecting her since she was 16 because they didn't believe it to be permanent. Um. So she lost $20,000 a year in funding for carers and other things. Because um,
1: spinal cords are famously regenerative, right? <laughs> oh, 100%. Especially
0: ones that you've had for like 40 years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think she had some other disability-related stuff, so she continued to receive some funding. But they then also cut funding for her 11-year-old daughter, Bethany. Mm. So here's a quote from The Guardian. Bethany's core supports funding, which is used to pay for things such as in-home support workers, was slashed dramatically from $86,000 to $600. Over 12 months. Over 12 months. $600 over 12 months? What the fuck?
1: What is that for? Is that for scratchy tickets so you can go to the news agent? Right. My God. That wouldn't even buy scratchy tickets.
0: That's like... I don't know, two weeks of carers maybe if, oh, for maybe. someone wh- who doesn't need 12 hours a day or whatever. Like, who knows? Mm. Like Yeah. Um, so that meant that there was no support at all uh, for in- com- in-home care for Bethany, while Scott, who's the mother's name, mm. was also dealing with cuts to her NDIS plan. Mm. Those changes, contrary to the recommendation of Bethany's pediatrician, according to a letter seen by Guardian Australia, Upheld by the NDIA in a new plan last month. So, regard like you know, you were saying you have to prepare a file like mm. the yellow pages to like mm-hmm. prove that you're disabled, um, and then they're like, uh, we don't even care about this evidence. Sorry. So, oh,
1: the yellow NDIA- pages. Well, sorry for our younger listeners. Yellow pages was <laughs> a thing before the internet, <laughs> where they back just in our day, back in our day, where they used you had to-, to call up. A- Oh, yeah. No, we're not at the point where you had to call the thing and they do the the, <laughs> <laughs> the switchy thing, but they delivered these massive books to you, um, two of them, the white pages and the yellow pages, which are probably, I don't know, half a metre thick all up, where, which was Something just full of like phone that- numbers. So that's what yeah. we're, that's what we're yeah, referring yeah. to. Yeah,
0: need a lot of paper about it. Yeah, 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 anyway, yeah. So the NDIA told Scott in a letter that support workers would not be funded because some of the tasks they assisted Bethany with were considered a parental responsibility Mm. oh so if you have a parent you're not disabled or you don't need help with your disability so cool scott said that she was told that while bethany's funding should fall uh, fall for this reason her own package would increase to provide more help around the house except of course that three months earlier scott's own plan had already been cut Mm. so that's just one extremely tragic and like Kafkaesque story Mm. Mm. of of, like evil bureaucracy, but it seems that the cuts are deliberate and targeted. And the ABC quotes experts who said that the NDIS is targeting people with autism and psychosocial disabilities to slow the growth of the $26 billion program ahead of the federal election. And the disability minister, Linda Reynolds said that actually there (sighs) haven't been cuts fund because funding for the NDIS is increasing, which is, such blatant bullshit because it's conflating individual participants' plans being cut and overall funding which is skyrocketing.
1: This woman, um, no. I know horrible
0: doublespeak.
1: Now i know... International Woman's Day. I know I girl know. Boss. I know she's a girl boss, but you know, why doesn't she just burn down an orphanage or something? You know what I mean? Like this woman is, like, a cartoon villain. Just go
0: there, you know. You know. No one will be surprised. No.
1: Her and Michaelia Cash, cartoon villains. Mm -hmm. It's just ridiculous. Mm
0: -hmm. No. And it's wild that they're still, like, in the upper echelons of, like, the Liberal Party on my, like, tier list of how Mm. bad people are in the Liberal Party. Like, Mm. maybe Linda Reynolds is, is dropping down there a bit, but Michaelia I don't know. They've got a lot of scum there. That's all I'm saying. But to say it's, that, a, it's a low bar.
1: I think um under. a lot of the I think in particular to these psychosocial um mm. components of the NDIS funding. Um, you know, I I saw another quote that was charging this over to parental responsibility again. Um with I think in this particular ABC article, um, a child that was, um, you know, is, has autism that, um, is, is pretty severe. Um, and to put that down to parental responsibility is just, it's so offensive. You don't, you don't give a, a parents of a kid with a heart condition, a knife and a fork and go, well you know, it's your responsibility You know, Your to that. responsibility, yeah,
0: yeah. You know,
1: and I, I'm from a um, family with someone that is, you know, autistic and, um, you know, this was back in the early 90s and 80s mm. and this support would have made such a huge difference to my family um, and his life, you know, mm. and I, I, mm. I can't imagine giving this to families and then ripping it Away, away again, again yeah mm, mm. um we don't want to regress to that kind of stuff and it's just so totally. so depressing like it's again like it would have been life-changing for me and my family and my, mm-hmm. my family member um yeah disgraceful
0: totally Mm. so to finish off the story i wanted to read this quote from an article in the catholic leader which despite being in the catholic leader was really good Mm. um i mean i don't know about the catholic media maybe they've got some of the best journals in the country or something maybe
1: they're uh... just really well funded (laughs) noon yeah
0: yeah. Yeah. so it's all about how disability carers are leaving the sector because of bad wages covid Mm. risk poor work conditions and toxic workplace cultures so fair enough. Mm. Um, and there was a bunch of stuff in it about funding for disability carers, basically, and that seems like a, yet another story that I didn't want to get into. Mm. Um, but the article presented this interesting point from Bruce Hardy, who is an economist who is involved in the design of the NDIS when it was set up under Julia Gillard. Mm. Uh, or Kevin Rudd, whatever. Um, he And he said that there needs to be an alternative to the NDIS. So here's a quote from the Catholic Leader. Mr. Hardy said the fact that you're either in or out of the NDIS, and that there was inadequate Tier 2 support for those not eligible, was inequitable and would lead to the cost of the scheme continuing to explode. Professor Bonahady said that the issue was that disabled Australians were either eligible for the NDIS or eligible for nothing at all. Yeah. People who have milder disabilities, who may not necessarily need to be on the NDIS, will try to get on this scheme because there's very little else, he said. There are about 400,000 people on the scheme, but around 2 million others with disabilities who are not eligible. So I think that's really interesting for two reasons. One is that it's like the point that he's making, like the NDIS is exploding because there are a lot of people who need help and support, and this is essentially the only option. And so, of course, it's skyrocketing, and that's why the liberals are trying to like cut horrifying amounts of money out of people's support budget Mm. and he's saying if there was some other kind of support available for people with disabilities then the NDIS would be more like manageable and the the... other reason I think that's Mm -hmm. fascinating is that he's forgotten about the disability support pension well like presumably he hasn't forgotten but like disability support pension which is done through Centrelink not NDIS Mm. is even less accessible than the NDIS because it's an actual cash payment. And if there's one thing the government hates more than funding things for people with disabilities, it's giving money to people with disabilities. Hmm. Um, Maybe if if people
1: with disabilities uh, cosplayed as uh, nuclear submarines, they'd get more funding. That's it. Mm. We should just fund nuclear submarines outfits Mm, i like it maybe some um neon lights and you know we could jazz it up a bit holes Mm, it'll be great gorgeous but like this comment to me is is kind of useless because
0: (laughs) sure yeah
1: it is because that assumes that then the second tier of this so-called funding would also be incorruptible by a Again, let's hark back to earlier in the show, a pig's anus of a liberal government. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's it's assuming that, you know, maybe the players that crafted a lot of the NDIS out of the Labour government, talking out of my arse there, but, you know, um, would again get back in power to carry this out somehow and that it wouldn't be rotted and chipped away totally. at and yeah, yeah you know like the ndis itself is like that's not 100%. a solution like no it has to be the whole system has to be overthrown somehow or re you know basically uh, satire we have to burn down parliament satire
0: yeah yeah Yeah, in Minecraft, yeah. Yeah, So, I mean, I'd say that's true, but on the other hand, I'd say that's true of, like, essentially any government policy or, like, climate change or, like, anything else. And I don't think it's pointless to be like, well, these are some things that could help us deal with climate change, Mm. even though I have very little hope that any of them will get implemented in a meaningful way. Mm. And I'd say that's probably true about something like this as well. But, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I think it's worth noting how inaccessible it is and also that it's the most accessible thing um and i'm sure professor bonnie haiti is a big like policy wonk who believes in the power of democracy to get Mm. things achieved um sorry to you know throw shade at him like that but um that'd be my guess um but yeah no i think that's also fair enough um yeah we we have bad actors up at the top and uh nothing's gonna get done
1: Mm. them there yeah I read his name because I'm really tired. I read his name as Mr. Hardbody. Does that Mr. say Mr. Hardbody? Yeah. I like it. Yeah. Uh... I
0: like a hard body. We tweet <laughs> him, suggest him to change it up.
1: We're gonna turn it into uh the uh what was it? The the um Victorian Health Minister Thirst Traps.
0: <laughs> yeah, totally. The hardbody, body hardy <laughs> Yeah. Thirst, thirst posting. I love yeah, it. Yeah, Listeners, yeah. send us some sexy pictures of uh, Mr. Uh, Bonnie Oh,
1: we're asking for too much of them. Too much. It's true. It. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. been a lot.
0: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, that brings me to the end of the story and the end of the show. So here is our business section. If you want a podcast, you gotta do a lot of shit. It's not technically podcasting you still gotta do that shit
1: it's business it's business time
0: we realized after we had spent too long doing this th- that sting that we should have just used it's business time yeah um because it's a reference that someone other than just me and zach will get um mm. and we didn't have to sing quite so out of key for it but anyway uh Thank you all for listening. Uh, follow us on social media, OzPolSnackPod and all the things. Um, we're on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Please support us on Patreon. Please leave us a review. I didn't forget, Zach. I didn't forget the reviews. <laughs> Please leave us a review. Um, have we got any new ones? I don't think so. Mm.
1: Uh... While you're looking for the reviews, I yeah. would like to wonder where Zach Lesnack is at the moment. Is he, he is playing some sort of skin drum over... a 90s smooth DJ set, you know? I'd
0: say that's highly likely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, <laughs> Or in some short shorts, smashing a couple tinnies at mm. like 10 a.m. Mm. I think that, yeah.
1: Is he on an extended bathroom break? We'll never know. Yeah,
0: it is a danger with him, um, but...
1: Are we, yeah. are we showing people how the sausage is made too much? Too much,
0: yeah, yeah. <laughs> or how it's drained okay so no we have no <laughs> reviews please leave us a review over on uh apple Podcasts. you can rate us on spotify um and please watch me play games on twitch if i play games on twitch, it's oh, it, twitch. M- it makes t- them t- so happy TV do it noon plays games it does it does make me happy people drop in they're like hi and it just like you know boosts me for like 45 minutes read and out Joe, that wanna... again ah <laughs> <laughs> uh, whatever i'll put it in the link everyone yeah. already knows it if they if they want to see me play games it's fine Joe, would you like to remind the listeners about your show and anything else that you would like to plug?
1: Oh, my gosh. Um, so, Chronically Fully Sick is, is my podcast. Um, it's... Yeah, I mean, it's about chronic illness, but it's also about other things. You know, you don't have to be it's a sick quite person. quite fun,
0: given that it's about chronic illness
1: you know i try to make it fun i try to I try to pop <laughs> in to a lot of uh, ridiculous sound effects if you're into robocop or uh total recall or showgirls or anything like that and i'll put clips of that in occasionally some simpsons mm-hmm. what can i say try to keep it hot and fresh um so that'll be on any sort of podcast what do you
0: call Reputable those podcasting outlet
1: oh uh, or, or it's on you know apple as well oh <laughs> Uh, yeah, sure. Uh, and, um, you know, I'm on Twitter occasionally, but I can't really be bothered. But, yeah, go look for the yeah. podcast if you like the cut of my jib. Uh, do it. Yeah. Sweet. Oh, yeah. All right. All right. Now it's time for a pop, pop game.
0: Game. Joe, you have a, a, a doge, do you not?
1: I do. She might be a bit more of a... a potato or a
0: non yep. aquatic
1: a uh, non-aquatic, uh, strictly land abiding hippo- hippopotamus but um
0: huh? that's adorable
1: yeah i know she's a pug jack russell cross called babs yeah um babs, that's right she's named after one of um john waters movies divine's role uh-huh um mm-hmm. In one of those, and earlier in the week when I was out painting said house, which I referred to earlier, I came home and she had destroyed some dark chocolate I left on the kitchen table. I don't know how she got up there, but she did it. Great. Now, as a I dog- mean, not great, obviously. Yeah, I know. Yeah, this- as, as a dog owner, Noon, you'll understand my level of uh, panic with chocolate that Chocolate
0: is a big no-no. Yeah.
1: yeah. What is it? Chocolate, onions, blueberries. Blueberries? Know. Oh, shit. Is uh, it? I've Maybe. been feeding
0: Bagel lots of blueberries, but I, did, I haven't been not feeding him blueberries, so it's
1: good mm. to know. Uh, anyway, and I just found a bunch of packets destroyed and Bug. her going absolutely berserk throughout the entire house. It was like, if you've seen the movie Razorback. Uh, mm-hmm.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it
1: was kind of <laughs> like that. <laughs> um, She seemed fine, but, like, just an ultra-hyper uh yeah ball like creature rampaging through the house that's um, very
0: funny that she got the 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 energy boost from the sugar and the small amount of caffeine I know I guess it's a lot for a tiny dog who I doesn't know. get much caffeine
1: now your dog's bagel right
0: bagel yeah he's he's been very good he's been snoozing under my feet this whole time. often when we record he'll like take the opportunity to bash loudly on the door um mm. but yeah no he's been fine I, I don't really have any super specific news with him except i guess it's been getting a bit cooler this week you know we've been catching the tail end of the rain that's been happening up north and um as soon as the weather drops like two degrees bagel is like it's snuggle time so Mm. for the last like four or five months he has refused to sleep on my bed because just being like anywhere near me is apparently vastly too hot um and so anyway this last week he's just been up under the blankets curled around behind my knees every night very sweet
1: oh and you're spooning him it's very cute it's it's delightful
0: let's i love it when it gets why cold get a dog again. if he's not gonna yeah, yeah yeah
1: i know that's so adorable Cats
0: put their fluff on again it's pretty sweet mm. all righty well i think that'll do us joe thank you so much for coming on at Late notice, and that's okay. Um, I
1: love to be here chatting chat. to my pal that's Noon great. after uh, over a uh, Pinot Noir and a um, <laughs> what is this? A blueberry raspberry, blueberry raspberry flavored vape.
0: Nice, mm. hell yeah! Mm. Mm. All righty, thanks everyone. Um, on, on behalf of Zach, keep on snacking in the free world. And as far as I'm concerned, fuck um, aim big employment.
1: Crunch, crunch. crunch. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Thank you. See ya.
0: Bye.